0: bluenile.com
1: This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255.
0: <clears throat> Mike check 1 2. <clears throat> Mike check 1 2. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels, not in distress, hosts came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot to the press.
1: Hello, Chloe. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing?
0: I am good, but what have you been up to?
1: Um, Well, I was lucky enough to book a job recently and um, I got to work and it was really nice to be back in like the setting of being an actor, which, you know, is obviously my main thing. I will say that um, wearing a director's hat, a producer's hat, a podcast hat, I feel like has um, all made me a smarter actor because I can like understand the director's mindset. I can understand editing a little bit more, not that much, but a little bit more. And um, I just, I think I have more insight on set, which was really great. Um, I will say that they made me dance and uh, the dancing is questionable. I did think about you Chloe because um I know that you dance and I was like freaking Chloe can do it then I can do it so um I did give it my all to the dancing um I don't think I was all that great but I tried and that's all I can say but um it was a lot of fun and I feel very grateful that's
0: awesome we can't wait to see when it's released but that probably won't be for a while now huh
1: yeah, it was nice because it's about like women's access to birth control, and um, you know, women wanting to explore their own sexual identity. And I feel like that's something that we talk about on this podcast a lot. And I feel grateful that there's more female filmmakers right now, um, like really sitting down and creating things and creating the roles that they want to see. Um, I will say that I think I've transitioned from playing a popular girl to playing uh, the wholesome girlfriend. So uh, catch me being the wholesome girlfriend.
0: I mean, based on true events. (laughs) How are you doing, Chloe? I'm good. I mean, I've kind of been talking to you about all the things I've been doing, both personally and professionally. And I feel like I've been putting myself out there a lot, um, in terms of like auditioning for things and, you know, putting my screenplay out there and stuff. And I've kind of realized that like where I'm giving my energy, like if I'm giving my energy a lot to like, for example, on Tuesday I had, you know, I auditioned for a couple agents and managers and it just took a lot out of me. And I realized that like. I wasn't like writing anyone back on, like I wasn't texting anyone back or I wasn't like writing people back on like dating apps and stuff. And like, I think it's just like, I need to be a little bit more cautious of like where I'm giving my energy because everyone always tells me they're like, you're doing so much right now. Like maybe that's why you don't have a boyfriend. It's because you're supposed to be doing all these other things. And I'm always like, well, why can't I do both? Like I want someone to support me, but it is kind of true that I have a lot going on right now to the point where like, it kind of wasn't fair for a little bit. Like I wasn't like giving people the attention that they deserve. So I don't know. Maybe that's why that being said, though, I am talking to a 26 year old, Hmm. which you're 26, right? Yeah, I'm mature. You are, but you're a girl. So it's different. Yeah. Um. He seems nice so far. He's the only one I'm talking to and he wanted to go out on a date this weekend, but I am having a Friendsgiving at Brittany's house on Sunday where I'm getting a COVID test and I'm kind of trying to stay away from people. So, I mean, while all that was legit, you know, I also like to have a FaceTime date before I go on an actual date. So it was kind of like segued into like a nice excuse to maybe do a FaceTime with him this week and then maybe go on a date with him. I always try to say that age doesn't matter, but I don't know. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Like in the boy world, I just think it takes them longer to mature.
1: Yeah. Well, what I will say to that is that I definitely always had that thought process. Like I'd rather be with somebody older, but Brian's sister is married to somebody who is younger than they are. And also my sister is married to somebody, um, not married. She's, been with like for five or six years now somebody who's younger than she is and um I feel like it really does depend on the person I used to think that like it was just all men but I do think that like there are mature younger people who are looking for things that are more serious
0: yeah I agree that's why I always try to be like you know I've met like more mature you know 24 year olds than I have someone who's like 34 so it you know yeah it could not matter I think it's all about
1: effort and such but um
0: we'll see that's about everything I have going on right
1: now well I also liked what you said about um where you've been placing your energy because since I've been on set one of the things that I noticed was that I was spending less time being anxious about like silly friend things or like um silly things that might make me have felt insecure previously because I just like didn't have time to worry about those trivial things And it is interesting, like when you do give your energy to something that you really care about. And one thing that I always talk about is like, in the recent years, I've given my the energy that I was putting towards being a serial dater to my acting career. And like, I wish that I had spent the years that I spent serial dating, putting this energy towards my acting career. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think like the energy and the time that we spend thinking about men or thinking about our relationships with friends, like if we all could be spending that energy on something productive, we'd all be like happier and in better places. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just think that it's good that you brought that up. And I do think that, where you're placing your energy is so important and actually does mean something and makes a difference in like the trajectory of your life.
0: Yeah. I think I just, it's like, I spent so much of my life kind of pushing this down and like not embracing it that now that I'm actually doing the things that I want to do, like, I feel like men can't like upset me as much. You know what I mean?
1: Well, speaking of the entertainment industry, we have a beautiful, strong, intelligent woman and the host of a show that is also going to inspire strong, beautiful young women. So let's go talk to our guest today. So we are here today with my friend, Sahana Srinivasan, who is an actress, comedian, and filmmaker. Hi, so good to be here. Thank you. So I've been wanting to have Sahana on for a long time because one, I feel like you're an incredibly talented actress, Sahan and I are in an acting class mm-hmm. together. And um, you've been killing it in many different platforms, including your comedy. And we also want to talk to you because I know you've been hosting a show called Brainchild. So can you tell us a little bit about everything you've been up to and your show? Yeah, I mean, I've been taking acting classes online
2: with Lauren and I've done a few Zoom standup shows. I'm not gonna say that they're great <laughs> or even good. Um, they're, they're I think they're the most fun if I just goof around or like characters. I feel like they do really well on zoom shows. Um, the most fun I had on a zoom standup show was my friend does this like, um, mock late night show. Um, and so I did like a character, she was like running for president or something. And that was fun. Cause there's no dead space. That's the most awkward part about mm-hmm. zoom standup shows is like, People aren't, they could be laughing, but they might mute themselves, you know? And so that was more like an interview, which was fun. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, and like I said, like really reconnecting with a lot of old friends and also being safe, of course. What else have I been doing? Oh, I'm working on writing a book, um, which I haven't. I I, this came from your show, right? Yeah, yeah. So a book agent, uh, his kids like really. Love the show, and I guess he was thinking, you know, just from my acting and from my hosting stuff, um, he kind of got an idea that I would be interested in writing too, which is like so weirdly like perceptive because yeah, like I love writing, Uh, but I just haven't written in like um, past tense and because I've been writing screenplays and they're all very like she moves the cup or she, you know, so I was having a hard time like just switching to past tense, but yeah, that's been fun as well. I really feel like even given like all the constraints that were, that, that are put on us through the pandemic, like a lot of randomly positive things have been happening too. So
0: I was looking at your brainchild clips and they look amazing. And I have a million questions for you about that, but could you give us, maybe give us like an overview of what that is and like how that came to be?
2: Yeah. Um, so brainchild is a kid science show, but it's really more like a family, uh, for the whole family. And, um, it's like, the idea is to, you know, not that science is like boring or anything. I think it's just, we forget how exciting and, and just cool it is. Um, when we get into the more like gritty work. Whereas like the way it's introduced to kids when we're little is like through art and like through the solar system or something, you know? So that's like STEAM, which is the intersection of like art and STEM, you know, engineering and science, which is kind of what Brainchild is about, you know? Cause it's already like, oh, there's hosting, there's little sketches. Um, and we talk to people in person, like at the mall or something but it's also like exploring um, topics that we didn't even think like were science, like the first episodes on social media. Then there's an episode on like motivation, like how to find motivation um, and the science behind that. So um, and creativity too is another episode. So it was fun for me to do that because growing up, I always thought I wasn't like a science person just because I was so into the arts. And it's like, oh, you don't have to limit yourself that way because there's so much creativity in science and so much overlap, you know. But I got that through auditioning, through an audition process and um, filmed it in New York. And it was great because the team was very super, they were, you know, obviously like the script is their baby and they're very attached Mm -hmm. to it, but they're also very open to like me ad-libbing and like changing it to sound more like me and adding some of my jokes in there. So I really enjoyed that experience, yeah.
1: And when you were approached to do it, were they looking for somebody with a science background or were they open to anybody?
2: They were open. I think what they were looking for is someone who just at at least seems or is like naturally like curious and excited Mm -hmm. about, you know, what they're talking about. And I think because I was so sort of not very in the STEM field, that excitement about what I was talking about was so real because it was all new you know so i like that the show is presenting me as someone who's learning with the audience um which can be because oftentimes with kids shows it's like they're talking down to kids Mm -hmm. or sort of treating them as like they don't know anything so we have to dumb down everything but with brainchild it feels more like like your sister or something.
1: I think that's so important too, because I feel like as girls, when you're growing up, people want to put you in a box, like you're a girly girl or a tomboy or a nerd. And you're like forced to find whichever box you feel like you can fit into. But like the show has showed you that you can be like, you can be both. You can be both like interested in clothes, but also be interested in science. Like you don't have to be so limited to a stereotype.
2: Definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. It also, I mean, that also goes... Uh, hand in hand with the idea that like oh like brown people have to pursue uh you know something in science but here I am doing like a hosting thing but also science you know it's like more nuanced you know so I think that's a great point of not putting yourself in in one box
0: and I liked what you said about the topics because like you said I never grew up like very good at science I guess you could say but like you know some of the topics I was looking at you talk about memory and like very timely talk about like washing your hands the importance of that and yeah. it's kind of just like topics that everyone can relate to and I was wondering do you kind of have a say in those topics like are you brainstorming with them to figure them out or
2: um they no like they presented the topics um mm-hmm. which I thought were cool and I, I don't think we'll get renewed I, I mean it would be awesome really? if we didn't no. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we will. I'm gonna say I don't know. But you know, um, which is sad. But yeah. I think given if there's a second season, I feel like I could maybe have a say because I was proposing like, Oh, I'd love to do an episode on like muscles or something because I love uh, weightlifting. So that would be something I would actually naturally feel really inclined to talk about. But
0: um but yeah. Well, I like what you said about you saying that you kind of like present yourself as a big sister. And I saw an interview that you did that was kind of comparing you to Belle Nye, which I think is super fair and like super relevant because you present it in a really cool way that makes it approachable and not scary. And like, I just feel like you have a really good hosting ability. And I was wondering, you know, like, do you feel like you kind of put on a little bit of a persona when you're hosting? Or is it like very much who you are? Like, how did you kind of develop that for the show?
2: I think it's like an amplified or like a exaggerated version
0: of mm-hmm.
2: me. I think when I was filming too, like even with my stand up, I was very into this like, like my delivery even with stand up was like this clowny like 80s comedian sort of vibe. I was like really into that at the time. Now I'm sort of trying to find like something closer to how, how I actually sound. It is me but more of like a the like stage stand up me version
0: now I know what you mean by like putting on a different personality when you're doing stand up and minus but I'm not scared to be up there in front of people trying <laughs> to make them laugh because it's so nerve-wracking it's oh
2: awesome. yeah I forget you you do stand up as well right I did
0: so I was getting into it a lot before the pandemic and then like you said it kind of switched to the online classes I did take a stand-up class online where she would like force everyone to unmute themselves and like she's like everyone laugh but yeah (laughs) yeah, like you said I feel like I've kind of shied away from the zoom shows but um yeah I would say you do have to kind of like put on your like Beyonce Sasha fear so be like I'm not scared to be up here even though it is very nerve-wracking oh for
2: sure and I think that ability um has really helped with acting as well because I've been told like in the room that I like casting has told me like oh you don't look nervous at all or like she was never nervous ever and I'm like yes I was I was very nervous but Mm we stand up people have to just put that aside you know and I I get what you mean by the like oh I don't care that like I feel like I you know anytime like a, a comedian who's a woman identifying like has that like persona on stage where it's like like deadpan people are always like oh there goes Aubrey Plaza like she's very Aubrey Plaza and it's like no she's not the only like like, deadpan, like, confident, hot, like, comedian, you know, so yeah. it's, I don't know if you've ever heard that,
0: like, no, also, I, like, I feel like that is kind of, like, my shtick, too, is being deadpan, but inside, I am very much freaking out, so, like, yeah. for anyone that anyone that thinks I look cool, I'm, I'm very much screaming inside, so.
2: For sure, no, I, I can relate to that, like, when people are, like, comedy therapy, I'm, like, I don't know, recently, I've, needing therapy or like (laughs) feeling bad about comedy so it's like you know
0: I don't know how do y'all feel like a stand-up it was some girl that has an Amazon Prime special and I saw her stand-up on TikTok and the comments were just like ruthless they were like oh I'm sorry like where's where am I supposed to laugh here and like blah 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 and I'm like you all get up there and try to do it it's like so frustrating
2: Yeah, I think with the internet, you can't really trust any of those comments because especially
0: TikTok. They're mean on TikTok. Those kids.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean they're kids. It's like yeah, because it's also like if you're posting a video of you doing stand-up live, like just yeah, I mean you see people laughing in the video, and then people still comment like, "This isn't funny." I don't get why the audience is laughing. It's just because like. Yeah, if I'm sitting at home watching a stand-up special by myself, I'm probably not like LOLing the whole time. Right. But if I'm there in person, it's just I'm with other people who are laughing. It's just a whole different. Which is why the Zoom stand-up shows aren't really working. It's because you're the audience is like sitting at home, yeah, watching you. So,
0: well, I think we also wanted to kind of talk about like your experiences as an in Indian American going through the entertainment industry and like just how that's been, like, we had Osh on here, who was kind of touching on it a little bit, and just want to hear your thoughts on that, anything you've kind of overcome, or...
1: Well, one of the things that Osh also said was how, like, it's hard in the industry because you have to cast around you. So if like they like you and a white person for a role, they're going to, it's easier for them to cast the white person because there's more like white moms and white dads and white brothers. than there are as like Indian families that you can cast around.
2: Yeah. And that's when like doing open calls, like really like reaching out to, cause there's so many talented people who are like unrepped, and, and a big reason being like, you know, for a long time, white people had the preference and, you know, uh, or got the preference and like got repped and whatever. So it's like cyclical, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, I'd say that like the biggest, I don't know, I've been really struggling with like not getting competitive with other Brown girls in the industry. And I was actually talking to Ash about this. 'cause when I was younger, I was just told by like um people that like, oh, you'll be fine, like you're you know brown girls are in, which is so weird when people say that because it's like I'm not like a fashion trend or like a you know piece of clothing that's like in you know, um but you know brown girls like like oh you're you're talented like there are not that many uh brown actors like you'll you'll book all those roles, and that was like very like. Count like it was damaging because then I'm still trying to like unlearn. Oh, like I like it's not about being jealous and and Like having this monopoly over all the brown funny, you know roles. It's about just like supporting and uplifting Everyone, you know, like in the community going for those roles and also realizing uh, that like so many brown girls like audition for some of these roles and only one of them gets it. It just shows like, oh, there's so many unique voices that don't like match that character specifically, which probably means like, we're not all the same, you know, obviously, even like if your skin is bright, it doesn't mean that you're gonna book that role. So that's something I've been sort of dealing with. And also just like, it's very frustrating when I hear, um, you know, like people of color are taking All the roles now and you know if if you're a person of color like don't even worry about it which is like no acting is hard period for everybody um and there are other barriers that are preventing you know maybe like right now white people people from getting those roles they're still booking you know um and it's like we can't blame the industry being difficult on people of color you know and say it's because they're getting all the roles so those are just some things that i've been dealing with and also just like knowing that just because something is uh diverse because you're saying, seeing a diverse cast doesn't mean that like the writers room is you know diverse or the the showrunner because then you'll see it and think like wow this is such a you know progressive show or you know whatever but then the things that they're saying like the dialogue is like corny and like not accurate because it's like written by a six-year-old white guy you know yeah yeah and and that's why it's frustrating when again when I hear like that people of color are just like killing it like a lot more like yes we are like I think like the people who are like self-made and that's the whole thing it's like the the main reason why more people of color are getting booked is because we've been working and we've been writing our own shows and casting ourselves and then other people of color in in the project so it's like oh, it was literally all us again. And it's like, and we're getting hate for it, which doesn't make
0: any sense. And like, that's the thing too, is like, I feel like a lot of people don't want to put in the work. And like, if you're writing your stuff and casting your stuff and like reaching out to agents, like doing what you need to be doing, like things are going to happen for you. It's all about your work ethic too.
2: Yeah. And just like, you know, taking opportunities when they come. Sometimes um, I'll get an opportunity and feel like I'm not, really ready for like I feel like my abilities you know don't match what they're looking for and but then it's like wait but they're still asking me you know for a reason um and the only and the only way to learn and and feel like oh I do know how to do this is just by doing it
0: you know totally Uh, yeah Lauren and I talk about imposter syndrome a lot I think it's definitely hard like amongst females too like it's just you're always like, oh, are you
2: sure you want me? They're <laughs> like, yeah, we wouldn't be asking you if we didn't. Like, yeah, it's you know. but it's not our fault, you know? Like, it's like, I, I, you know, I start to think, am I weak for not speaking up about something or for getting insecure about, like, or not embracing a win, but it's literally just like this. It's like a, it's ingrained from just being told that you can't be heard or that you're not good enough by everybody else in the world so yeah. Yeah.
1: did you watch the indian matchmaker show yes a uh, little bit what did you think i have thoughts on it it definitely is
2: like it does present the real, like sort of reality of like arranged marriage in india and or just matchmaking whatever um and it kind of shows that it's not this like because when people hear arranged marriage they're like oh it's like child marriage it's some like weird scary thing in fact a lot of arranged marriages work out really well um, so I like that it does show it as this' like very normal and casual thing it is it, there were a lot of moments where you hear someone say something about oh she wasn't fair-skinned enough or she was, you know the they're different castes so they won't match etc um and that although you know it was talked about a lot and I think the production team or the filmmaker I think they were saying that um this well you know our te- intent was to just shed light on like the reality of it and by doing that maybe it has brought brought awareness to some of those issues which I would think I would like agree with if it like but when you think about it I don't know if that was like the intention it mm-hmm. feels like something that they were saying after the backlash you know, happen. But I don't know, you know, I'm not the filmmaker, I can't speak for them. But it's, it's like mixed feelings, I think. Basically. Yeah.
1: And in your own dating life, have you felt any of the same pressures or subjects that they talk about on the show?
2: Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I'm glad that my parents were like, don't date until like, you're old enough. It's not like they said don't, but they're like, uh, like, you will feel yeah. better about it if you're a bit more mature. And like if I dated the guys that I liked when I was like 15, 14, I, I would very much regret it. You know, so I'm very glad they stopped. As we all do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but they're very open about um, my, you know, they're, they're not like strict or anything like that, which I feel is like, you know, that's the stereotype people. And I'm not saying it's not true. There are families where parents are very strict about dating and then there are families where they're not. Again, it's like, just being honest to your own yeah. story and what you
1: want to tell, yeah. Yeah. And have you dated in both Texas and LA? Um, Mainly Texas. Okay. I haven't really
2: dated out here. I'm kind of, I don't know what it's like out here. Influencer, artist, or like
0: producer. Yeah. It's like,
2: I don't know what that's like.
0: What if I seen you in a yeah. <laughs> Yeah. um Yeah. No. I mean, I feel like the rumors of dating in LA are true, and not everyone's awful. Like, I kind of hate when people are like, "Oh, dating in LA is terrible," or "Dating here is terrible." It's like dating everywhere is terrible, or just sure. terrible. To yeah. Here, first of all, but yeah. I mean, can, do you? If you feel comfortable, like, can you talk about like what dating in Texas was like?
2: I mostly was in like like serious relationships, like for a very long time. Um, So it was mostly and for some reason, I just ended up in a lot of long distance relationships because I would meet someone like on set or something filming in in L.A. And then like we'd be long distance or I'd, um, you know, through school and then I'd go back to Dallas. So it was always like that. So I'm very kind of used to that. And I feel like in this industry, too, like actors might have to travel a lot. So, you know that that's something that'll probably could happen again. But um, I don't know, I never really liked like dating apps or anything, I
0: don't
2: think anyone really does, but it's just, I just prefer the excitement of meeting people in person and which is, you know, kind of impossible uh, during the pandemic. Um, I will say, I don't know, yesterday, literally, this guy at, like, a, I feel like, got, like, guys, especially that, like, are, like, really desperate now, because, like, I was literally at, like, Ralph's, like, at the grocery store, and I was about to put my groceries in my car when this dude, like, runs up to me, and he was, like, so sorry, I didn't mean to scare you, but, like, you're really cute, like, can, are you, is your type, like, me? I was like, what? What is going on? And I think I freaked out. I just was like, I don't, I'm not date now. I I don't know what I said, but he was like, okay, well, see you around. And I was like, yeah, see, see, see at the, the, the Ralphs. (laughs) Like what? Like, I don't know. Just so awkward. I don't know. It's, it's just funny. What date? your type? Uh, I have a type really. I feel like have it's like very limiting and sometimes people say they have a type but they're just being like racist, you know. Mm. It's like my type is just like tall white guys and I'm like, okay. (laughs)
0: Weird, boring. Yeah. Yeah. Well I was gonna ask if you feel like I feel like well I am on the dating apps and I feel like I have a picture of me doing stand up on there. And I feel like every guy is like, you do stand up, that's so cool. Everyone says (laughs) I'm the funniest and I should do stand up too. And I'm like, bitch then do it. Like why are people here telling me about it? Oh so I was wondering if you get that a lot with, like, your stand-up and your success on Netflix, is that you people probably are like, oh, that's so cool. Like- I know. I
2: originally was like, oh, this would be cool to, like, show myself doing. But now I'm like, I'm just not going to put those pictures on there or even tell people. Because then it's like, it's just... <laughs> maybe I can do that just to like weed out the people who are like tell me a joke, you know, and finally mm-hmm. someone who doesn't even ask about it. And I'm like, Oh, interesting that you didn't ask. Maybe that's yeah. good. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: But I remember, I mean, I haven't really been using apps like recently, but I remember like way like years ago when I tried it, um, yeah, there were people who were like, "What's your funniest joke?" or whatever, and then I would say, and they'd like, "Unmatched." Like, okay, well, you asked, you know, like
0: you're like, "I'll take that one out of the standup set." <laughs> like, I'll uh, take it out. Okay,
2: uh, yeah, it's just it—it's just set up for for failure whenever they do that. Because nowhere, it's just like comedians. It—I don't know. It's the only field where people just expect you to do your job when you're not doing it and just be good at it you know it's like you're not gonna ask a chef to just cook at a party when you're trying to talk to them you know
0: yeah so yeah
1: that's how i feel about acting like everybody thinks that they're a judge of acting when they're like oh that person's a good actor or that person's a bad actor it's like wow so you you went to school you got a degree in acting you're the expert (laughs)
2: Yeah, or it, when they're like, "Can you cry on cue?" And I'm like, "This, I'm at like Thanksgiving. What do you you want me to just like? <laughs> they're crying like out of nowhere. It's I don't know, just weird. But I will say, I sometimes I get why people are like, um, "Can anyone can like judge? I feel like anyone can kind of judge when something's funny or believable. And then that's, but then they can't really give you advice as to how to fix it. Like that's when they, you know, comment saying like." This is the punchline you should be using and it's always very bad. But I will, you know, hear, oh, okay, well, that joke didn't work for them. Whatever. It just depends. Cause it's like mm-hmm. if it's just like, you know, some guy who it's like some a bunch of bunch of numbers in their username and like some some made up like no profile pick, then I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're just trying to troll people on this website. I don't care what you think, but but I mean, cause we've been like because everyone watches like TV and movies their like whole life, I feel. So I understand why people are quick to like judge, you know, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, even with like science, like I feel like I'm constantly like, oh, you know, I feel tired because I don't have enough chlorophyll in my, in my left fingernail, duh, like that. I'll just like make up some something on the spot when it's really just like, I need to sleep more or whatever. (laughs) Well,
1: speaking of science, as we are all women in STEM on this podcast, we have a letter from a woman in STEM today, which I will go ahead and read. Dear damsels, I'm a woman in STEM and feel confident in my career, especially as society changes to value more women in these fields. Recently, I've been feeling like my male coworkers are talking over me in my meetings, more complicated to navigate via Zoom, and not taking my opinion seriously. I'm tired of being talked over and undermined for doing work that's just as good. Moreover, I have a young daughter and I want to be a good role model for her and stand my ground. How can I effectively change this workplace culture without sacrificing company culture? Sincerely, scientifically undermined. I mean, I feel like I can, I, we all can probably relate. Like in any field, I feel like that happens all the time.
0: I mean, I feel like the whole coworkers talking over you and things like that. I actually recently just had a conversation with my friend who got a promotion at work, and, you know, she was talking with her boss about like negotiating salary and things like that. And she was going back and forth on it. And she was like, um, you know, I, I think I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to rock the boat. Like, it's already a good salary. And I was like, no, say something. Like, at least it's worth, like, the conversation to, like, say something and, like, speak up for yourself. I feel like it's the same way if you're, like, you feel like you're kind of being talked over at work. Like, I think kind of having that conversation, like, maybe A, with your boss or, like, B, with your coworkers, that you feel that way is, like, more and more more and more important, especially nowadays. And yet, like, yeah, it might be awkward for a second, but then, like, you're going to get what you want. And I think, like, as women, we're trained to kind of, like, take a back seat. And that's what I told my friend. I was like, if it was a man, they would ask for a higher salary. So I think you need to at least ask.
1: One thing that I really love to think about, and I think about this all the time, like, in acting-related opportunities as well, is, like, if you could talk to your future self, or your future self could talk to you right now, what would they want you to do? So like take the risk that feels like it might be a little bit scary because in the future, you're going to regret having not taken it and being in the same place that you are currently. I like, I think I have such a hard time advocating for myself and I'm willing to like take the brunt of it or take the blame for things that like weren't necessarily my fault because I'm like terrified of conflict. Um, But I think that People need to realize, especially women, that your voice is valuable and being able to advocate for yourself is something that one, you deserve, and two, is only going to help you move forward. And if it continues to happen and people don't take your opinion seriously, that people are speaking over you, then one, you have a daughter. So that's not going to be, this This is going to permeate because kids are so receptive to things that they learn from their parents. I know I'm super receptive to everything that I learned from my parents. So one, I think that it'll actually benefit your company culture. And two, it might not be the job for you if it's not something that's taken seriously.
2: Yeah, I always felt like I was sacrificing my comfort for that of like the majority in the room. And it always felt bad. And um, I just recently was like, yeah, even if it feels like, because most of the time, when I hear something weird, or when I feel unheard, it doesn't, like it's not what people would see as like obviously something that could be frustrating or hurtful um and so I just kind of think oh whatever I, I won't speak up about it but well if it but it's like if it's affecting me then then I should say something about it um and I don't know I'm I really like I know that I've made mistakes too. And I've, you know, talked over people, whatever. And I know that people were, you know, gave me the opportunity to grow. And I'm not like, obviously there's a limit and a line, but I know that anytime that I have spoken up, um, the other person was like receptive and, you know, apologetic and, and it just made, like you said, the work culture, like a better place for everyone. Um, But if it's like, obviously just like, if you like speak up and like no change is happening and it's just not going anywhere, like you really don't need to be there. And I know it can be, that's like a difficult decision to make, you know, just financially and, and everything. But I think just having confidence that like you, you don't need to put up with any kind of bullshit like that to like grow in your career. There's going to be a better opportunity.
0: Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you guys remember that article that came out, it was a little while ago, but it was just talking about how, like, what females can do in the workplace, and, like, if your female colleague says something to repeat what she said, if it gets, especially if it gets kind of passed over, and I think, like, if you have some coworkers that you kind of trust, like, maybe even pulling them aside and being, like, hey, you know, I feel like I'm getting a little talked over in the meetings, like, next time I bring up this point, like, can you kind of maybe help me drive it home, and, like, I know a lot of my coworkers would be really receptive to that, so it's, like, Kind of also like maybe finding people in your corner too could be a good strategy.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's a definitely, um, a great idea. And also like if you do, you know, write or make art or whatever, this is like a good opportunity to kind of like write an article about it or just talk about how women in STEM are treated and, and, you know, just raise awareness for it. Um, cause you know, obviously it's not our responsibility to like educate other people about this stuff, but if we have the capacity to, then that's definitely something that we can do, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that the fact that we're having these conversations and that there's shows that exist like yours where young people have you like a role model, like it does make me have a lot of hope for future generations that like, for like people who are growing up now that they won't have to deal with the same things that like we dealt with growing up. Yeah. And,
2: Yeah, it's just interesting to me that it's not like bad or anything, but it is funny when people are like, oh, I'm like the Indian girl, Bill Nye, when it's like, oh, so that was the default, you know, was this white man doing it. And now I'm this like new version where it's like, oh, why don't you just say like, I'm just this host of this cool thing separate from but I get what they're trying to say is like the the vibe of the show and everything but that is something I
1: think about and don't these idiots have google that they could just like you know even if like it wouldn't be totally obvious to the masses like who they were trying to reference like you just take two seconds you type into google you figure it out and now somebody has a little bit more knowledge that they can walk home from
0: yeah exactly that's so interesting because it's just like how many white people are there that's like it's not like you know like I don't know who came first like Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt but it's like when Brad Pitt's like Tom Cruise didn't come along they're like oh he's the next Brad Pitt it's like no they're just like their individual person with their own personality yeah. traits like period
1: exactly yeah well I think that's all we have Sahana unless there's anything else you wanted to say no um yeah that I had a great conversation
2: with y'all and yeah. can you tell people where they can find you um my instagram is at sahana.j.shrinivasan and my twitter is at sahana underscore shrini yeah
0: thank you for coming on this was awesome
1: yeah thank you you. um thank you i just love her yeah she's very smart she is confident in what she has to say She's also so funny, like in our acting class, she's constantly um, making me hysterically laugh. I don't even know if she knows that because we're all like, you know, have our videos off or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm grateful that she came on. And I just think it's nice talking to women who are doing what we're doing and succeeding. All right, guys. Well, write
0: us your letters.
1: Subscribe um rate us uh write a review if you're so inclined all of those things are seriously so helpful um and we would really appreciate it and write us your letters yes and until next time it's going down in the bms bye. bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform